Hello. This may not sound like Sophia, and I'll tell you why. It's Jen Gotch. That's me. I'm the host of Jen Gotch is Okay Sometimes, founder and chief creative officer of Bando, soon-to-be author, and human being living on planet Earth filling in for Sophia. We have an amazing guest for you today. Her name is Poppy Jamie, and she's the co-founder of Pop and Suki and founder of the Happy Not Perfect app, which is awesome. Remember, if you like what you hear on today's show, go ahead and rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. We're going to get to our chat with Poppy in just a moment, but first, Sophia is going to tell you a little bit about HoneyBook. I remember when I was building Nasty Gal how difficult it was managing all of the paperwork, emails, and contracts that come with being a small business owner. You probably know that too if you're listening to Girl Boss Radio. I was all on my own back then, didn't have other people to pick up the administrative work, and it ate up so many hours of my time that it could have been spent doing what I'm best at, building the brand, making creative, marketing the business, connecting with customers. And that's why we're all so lucky that HoneyBook exists today. Because of HoneyBook, you can spend more time doing what you love and less time doing what you don't. So if you don't know what HoneyBook is, it's a purpose-built business management platform for creative small businesses, and they help photographers, designers, event professionals, and other solopreneurs save hundreds, if not thousands of hours a year by adding time-saving automation into their business. HoneyBook makes it easy to streamline the client process so you never miss a thing and you get paid. As I've mentioned, I love HoneyBook. My boyfriend's a freelancer and he uses it all the time and loves it, is always talking about it. And one of the best features, it saves you on legal fees because it draws up contracts and helps you get e-signatures super quickly. When you create a payment contract, all you have to do is fill in the blank with your rates, company name, etc., and you simply send it to your client to e-sign and you're done. What otherwise would have been a huge out-of-pocket cost and time suck is now affordable and easy. And that's why for a limited time, Girlboss Radio listeners can get 50% off the first year of HoneyBook with promo code GIRLBOSS. HoneyBook membership includes unlimited access to all features at one low monthly price. So go to HoneyBook.com today and use promo code GIRLBOSS to get started. Again, that's HoneyBook.com promo code GIRLBOSS. We'll get to our talk with Poppy real soon, but first Sophia is going to talk a little bit about Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. It's a simple and intuitive way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. What I love about Robinhood is that they're not taking your money. There are no costs or commission fees, so you keep all of your profits. And they also have easy to understand charts and market data. So when I'm ready to make a trade, I can literally do it in just four taps on my smartphone. And Robinhood gives me custom notifications for price movements, so I never miss the right moment to invest. I've been using the app. It's super easy to navigate and I'm learning a lot. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at girlboss.robinhood.com. That's girlboss.robinhood.com. Success. It's such a complicated idea, and yet for so long, we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word, which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s. And there's nothing wrong with that definition, with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. 
but it's time to make space for a few other definitions, for side hustles and well-being and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder and CEO of Girl Boss Media, and this is Girl Boss Radio. Poppy Jamie is a really special person. And in addition to that, she's a media personality, mental health activist, and entrepreneur. Poppy started her career out as a TV presenter in Britain and moved over to America in 2015 to host Snapchat's first ever talk show. From there, she shifted to entrepreneurship, co-founding accessories brand Pop and Suki. Her most recent venture is called Happy Not Perfect. It is a deeply personal project combining years of scientific research, inspiration from her mother, who's a psychotherapist, and real-life experience. So basically, it takes the last kind of 40 years of positive psychology, um, neuroscience, the science behind happiness, and puts it in to a five-minute workout. And it's almost like going to the gym for your body, but for your mind. It's an app and a brand solely dedicated to looking after your mental well-being and helping you decrease stress, sleep better, and calm your mind. On top of all of her other accomplishments, Poppy is a sought-after speaker. In 2017, she was included in Forbes 30 Under 30, and she's a member of a hospital advisory board at UCLA, where she helps consult on the well-being of students. Today, she shares insight on how to shift career paths, gives us useful tips for breaking social media addiction, and explains the intention and thought process behind her new app, Happy Not Perfect. Now let's get to it. Here's my chat with Poppy Jamie. I was trying to think of a song to sing because I've been told I have a beautiful singing voice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you've obviously heard me sing because that, with that laughter... No, sing for us. Sing for us. Totally. Sing for us. Trust I've me. I've heard it's great. All right. Well, so if either of us ever want to start singing in the middle of this, just know that that is approved, which I don't great. think has ever happened on Girl Boss Radio. So, I mean, and you know, you do actually hear singing is really good for mental health. Well, so I mean, that's why could... I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Do you remember we were on a panel together? Do you remember at US, um, USC, right? Yeah. I know. And it was the beginning of this y- y- uniting yes. on, on, on I think, being proud to be a hot mess. <laughs> exactly. I, I definitely, I remember feeling like we were kindred spirits between entrepreneurship and mental health advocacy. So that was exciting for me. And when I was asked to host this podcast for Sophia, I was very nervous because I've actually never interviewed anyone. Well, Lauren pointed out, our producer pointed out that I have interviewed my parents several times. And I was like, Lauren, that's a little bit different. (laughs) Um, But then when they said it was you, I was like, oh, I kind of know her. I think I I can do it. I know. When I got the email, I was like, Jen, my old friend. (laughs) So we did it. Yeah, I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased. This was always, this was clearly in the stars for a while. Agreed. Agreed. Well, um, let me just in staying true to form, let me ask you 
the first question that Sophia usually asks her guests. And then from that point on, the format will get uh, <laughs> very free form, if you don't mind. Uh, so that question is, what was your first job? I was um, I was a waitress mm. uh, at the age. Well, you know what? I had two first jobs. I was a hustler um, <laughs> and, I, and I sold hot pants at school. I got really oh cheap hot pants and printed the school name on the bottom and sold them for six pounds. Um, and I don't know how I sold any, but I managed to sell some. And then at the same time, I I was kind of obsessed with work from a young age. And so on the day in, in England, you have you had to be 16 to work. And um and so I, on my the day of my 16th birthday, as a present to myself, I was like, I can work. <laughs> and I was a waitress. And I honestly, I think I got fired like three times. And I would just turn up <laughs> the day afterwards being like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I was a waitress for my first job, too. But, but mine was at a, a nursing home. So, so some of the pa- some of the patrons died while I waited on them. Oh gosh! Yeah, it's, it was a high point in my. <laughs> gosh, it was, it was I don't the know high whether point. to laugh or not. I'm kind of I've usually laugh at stuff like... like that. Yeah, I think it. I mean, it's no hot pants sales <laughs> saleswoman, but I I feel like it's close. I also speaking of working at a young age because we definitely have a different timeline you're talking about your birthday present was getting a job mine was like can I have a pony so (laughs) (laughs) you're way ahead of me there but when you you were very young when you became a tv presenter right yeah I was 18 19 how did you do that so when um because again nobody would give me a job so mm. i thought well <laughs> this is <laughs> i wonder why <laughs> and i always used to think i'm like look if someone's not going to give it to you you just got to create it yourself yeah, it's so true. um i set up um Actually, it's a quite an amusing story. I set up a fake production company. Oh, my God. And I was at university at the time. And so I'd go to the library. I went into the library. And I went to the first five people I saw who were kind of real bookworms. And I said, look, will you please just pretend to be my cameramen? Um <laughs> I have to go and interview, I would interview TV producers in London and I would say, um, I have an interview uh, show for the London School School of Economics because that's where I was at school. Uh, We would love to interview uh, interview you about your career. Mm. And obviously all these TV producers saw the London School of Economics email them and they were like, oh my God, geez, this is, yeah, sure, of course you can interview me about my career. And then I would turn up with five people that I had persuaded in the library that I I told them I would buy them chocolate bars afterwards. And they would stand there not knowing how to even press play on a kind of a hand camera that would barely work. And I would (laughs) <laughs> sit there and I like, ask them questions about their career and then afterwards I would lampoon them with the with the question of well can I work for you um, <laughs> did somebody um, say yes yeah and somebody uh. said yes and then but they didn't actually give me the job of the tv presenter first they told me I could be tea girl so I was the girl that would go around the office and just make people have numerous trips to the bathroom while I just filled <laughs> up their teacups oh my gosh I like the so would tea girl be sort of like an intern but yeah it's like kind that. of you know what less than less than an intern oh no <laughs> I I like the I like 
thinking of it as tea girl though that sounds kind of cool yeah it was kind of you just go around I didn't have a trolley but if you can imagine a girl <laughs> with a trolley on a train that was basically my first job that's TV. amazing I love it wait so you said you were at the school of economics so how did you end up there um that's also quite a, a interesting story I actually got got disqualified from my A-level exam, um, which is kind of my S- version of the SAT okay. here, because I accidentally brought my mobile phone into the exam. And this is when mobile phones were kind of first on the scene. Like, And I didn't, I totally forgot I had it on me. And it went off oh. and I left the exam hall and they said, you've just been disqualified from your A-level exam. And it meant that I couldn't go to university. So my entire life was over. And, uh, but you know what, it was my, that was my first lesson in a disaster is never as bad as it seems. Yeah, completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. And that was kind of, and also serendipity, like the universe, the universe has got your back. Um, and so I, at a young age, I was kind of, uh, so I redid my A-levels and then decided that I had to stay in London and applied to the London School of Economics, which ended up being much better than I had ever kind of anticipated. So, um, yeah, it was, I kind of learned early lessons on in life, I suppose. Got it. So, but knowing that you were, you were sort of drawn to the entertainment field was, was the economic, your dad, was your dad an entrepreneur? Yes. So is yes. that, it was that where the economics part, where you were even open to that? Yeah, and also, so the the um, the LSE was really passionate about politics, and I suppose what u- university did for me is that everybody I went to school with, their whole belief was if I don't make the world better, if I'm not working on things that are trying to make the world better, then I don't want to be a part of it. And so from a young age, I think my whole schooling was just this, I loved the entertainment, obviously it was fun and exciting and I and I started uh, entertainment presenting while I was still studying politics and economics and so I had this dual life of waking up in the morning, uh, running to university, kind of arguing about women's rights, you know, and this was what, 2008 and then I would be running to interview One Direction in the evening oh and having my like fangirl moment <laughs> and then I would run home and like start writing essays about the welfare state and it was just kind of these two worlds and I thought actually even even though they're, even though they're so different they're actually not in a way because if you could utilize one for the other maybe we could kind of bring them both more together mm-hmm. which is like a lot of what you're doing now which is it's, it's and it's so odd in a way when I look back I go god actually for the last 10 years my life has kind of been you don't I suppose um you, you yeah I mean but a lot a lot like with your career too you do not find that when you look back you go oh that's why I was I I did that because now I'm doing this yeah for sure I mean I I've definitely talked a lot about a very very swirly career path and and being sort of without direction for a long time and kind of hopping from job to job. And and some of them were silly, kind of trivial jobs, and some were closer to a career. But they it wasn't until I got closer to where I am now that I could get some perspective on those and be like, oh my gosh, like each thing led to the next thing, which led to where I am. And, and they all gave me some experience that I'm still using today. But I remember during 
during the time it was happening feeling um, completely inadequate that I didn't have a stable job and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and, and that's why I think that, I mean, you like just for people like us who have sort of settled in uh, to talk about that and how you can do lots of things at once and you don't have to be tethered to any one thing for any amount of time, I feel like is so empowering for younger people, especially because, um, I mean, I didn't even really know that was an option. I mean, I, I grew up in a time where it was like, when you're 18, you decide what you want to do for the rest of your life and you commit to that. And then that's it. Like the idea of pivoting is not really on the table. So totally. And that's been in a way, even a recent kind of exploration, I suppose, personally for me is, is actually, Work is really important, but it's not your identity. Um, and I and it's uh, and it's really interesting because I think for a lot of my life it was it was very tied up mm-hmm. same. in my identity. Yeah, same. And so yeah, and if something goes wrong at work, it's just you you generally don't know what to do. You're just it's it's your entire world has been kind of dented. Um, and so being seeing that. Um, you know, making a, a, a kind of a just in a subtle, even just in a subtle acknowledgement that actually you as a person is very different from what you do um, has actually been quite healthy for me, actually. Yeah, I I remember, I actually remember fighting with my mom about that because she was like, just pick a job and, and hold a job. All your friends are, you know, whatever, pharmaceutical reps. <laughs> They're making a lot of money. And I was just so like you said, just tied up in the idea that I was going to be defined by what I did in a po- not necessarily in a negative way, but I wanted to like have a job that showed I was um, creative or or original. And um, yeah, I mean, that it, that as empowering as that was, that was it was also very limiting and kept me out of work for a really long time because I wasn't willing to identify as as certain things and and I remember her making the point to me that it was like you know you can do the things like your you can have hobbies like your job doesn't have to all come together but mm. I guess now I mean so so just to keep it about you <laughs> if I'm thinking about your path so if you you were a presenter how long how long were you a TV presenter for well, funnily enough, it actually it kind of is um, still. It's actually very synchronized what you were just saying to, in a way, my career pivot, because being a TV presenter, I really enjoyed up until the age of about twenty four, and suddenly it kind of led me in, into an identity crisis because I suddenly thought everyone just thinks I'm kind of I just I just care about entertainment and and I have this part of me that 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 wants to help the world and I want to be able to help humanity and that part of me is not being scratched and 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 actually that kind of feeling that my job actually had no representation of to the person who I was inside led me I think gave me even more motivation to then um start developing happy not perfect because I felt that especially creativity and you know and whether you're a songwriter whether you're an artist like whatever you're creating entrepreneurship it is the same kind of um you're distilling creative ideas into something tangible and often it is an identity exploration of like what do I really care about 
Um, but um, but and 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 so it kind of I mean they're, they're quite contradictory messages in a way. So I think it's it is really it. it it's the most amazing feeling when you're working on something every day that really aligns with your value system. 